Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by Buxton. Check them out for mobile and predictive analytics. The, the, the information they can provide to you kind of instantly, whenever you want it, on where people are going and, and the trends and the changes based on them on their phones. It's, it's really remarkable. Check them out at buxtonco.com. Well, today we're going to talk about a sector that we've really never had a show on on the America's Commercial Real Estate Show for 11 years. And, I, and there's a reason why we haven't. It hasn't been such a big sector. So it's really kind of new. And that is the um, build to rent sector. It's pretty crazy. Big neighborhoods of homes that are built specifically for rent. Uh, it's an incredible growth market. Uh, please welcome my guest. It's Doug Ressler, and Doug is manager of business intelligence with Yardy Matrix. Doug, good to see you, sir. Thank you, Michael. Well, Doug, uh, you guys do a great job of, of tracking uh, the market, and now that you're uh, tracking this kind of new sector, uh, kind of what have you seen for kind of the number of these homes for rent being built uh, over the last several years, and, and what are you seeing now? Well, we see it as an up-and-coming sector. It's a growing sector. One of the things uh, that has really preceded it is the lack of affordable housing and housing supply even prior to the pandemic. And so what you see is a growing demographic and a growing population, a growing demand. Uh, and there's really a lack of supply. And in so doing, uh, you also have uh, issues with the supply chain in terms of actual construction, construction costs, labor availability terms of building new supply. It's not a short-term fix. So what uh, developers are doing is looking at the uh, build-to-rent segment uh, from a supply-demand standpoint that hits a cost point for them as well as hits a, a rental price for the consumer, and it is growing by leaps and bounds. We anticipate right now somewhere between 14 million people uh, rent in terms of single-family or build-to-rent. And what we believe in the next uh, three to four years is that number will grow to somewhere close to 17 million. Most of that is being uh, funneled into by the Z millennials, people that are leaving home, taking new jobs, things like that, uh, as well as millennials who are aging in place, cannot find or afford home uh, to own. And so they would like larger uh, square footage for their families. And they are really uh, you know, two of the key sectors that are driving the single family or build to rent communities. Yeah, it's an amazing uh, growth. I see in your report here, you have in 2021, there were 6,740 built, but in 2022, it really more than doubles, right? At 13,910. And, and we believe that that's an understated number mm -hmm. uh, because of the fact that it is growing so rapidly from an asset class standpoint. Yeah, I mean, in some cases, you might not know, right? If somebody's uh, permitting to build a subdivision of homes, some cases you might not know as a as a neighbor or a zoning official, or as you guys track in the market, is is it being built for rent or for sale, right? 
Right. We have to do diligence from a research perspective. What we see is more and more the large investors, though, like Blackstone, people like that, BlackRock, that are getting involved uh, because of the fact that it is such a lucrative type of asset class. And so that is helping in terms of our research effort to govern what is going to be a build to rent type of community. Doug, give our listeners an idea and viewers the size of some of these neighborhoods. Uh, we look for our uh, purposes, we look at 50 units and up. And so they can range anywhere from 50 units all the way up to over 300. Yeah, that, that's a pretty big subdivision of rental homes. And is this having an impact on the developers who build homes for sale? You know, that's an interesting question. It's very good, as a matter of fact. Uh, what would look like a competitive type of uh, disadvantage is actually turning into a collaboration between single family or build to rent type of developers and the people that build uh, for home ownership. So what we see is a collaboration effort of this got, that is going on, especially in Texas and Georgia, uh, where large uh, developers who would build for home ownership are actually combining with the build to rent type of developers uh, to be able to apportion a piece of that uh, acreage uh, into build to rent type of communities. And Doug, where are the geographic areas and, and kind of uh, the markets uh, where these are really being built, where they're doing well? Well, th- you set me up for this one, Michael, because you well know that Georgia is one of the key areas. <laughs> so we see it in what we call the uh, Sun Belt, the Southeast, Southwest. Uh, those are the two of the biggest areas uh, where this advantage is taking place. And why? That's because a lot of the di- demographic migration is to those areas and also because of the availability and the cost of land, which is a key uh, monetary metric in terms of building this type of uh, asset. Yeah, I guess you need the land cheap enough to, to make the numbers work, right? So Absolutely. you might have to have a more suburban and not infill type of market, right? Right. Doug, right. what about the impact on all these build to rent homes on the apartment market? Is it having an impact? Might it have an impact as this sector grows? Too soon to tell right now. I don't mean to be evasive, but right now we see them being mutually uh, enhanced because they, there is so much demand. And, and because uh, from the multifamily, I can bring my expertise and do both. I can collaborate on my 50 unit and up you know, three and four tier type of uh, uh, building up uh, type of levels to one where I can also be compatible with those demographics uh, that no longer want to use that type of asset, but look somewhere else. So we see developers uh, being able to coexist uh, and to build to two different types of asset classes. Yeah, because it's just really so much demand. And and the demographics of the tenants who are leasing these built-to-rent homes, it's not just young, new families moving out of their in-town apartments, is it? No, it's not. It, it's, a, it's really a wide range. It's a wide range starting with boomers who no longer want the cost and maintenance of owning a home, uh, who want to be able to have something that looks like a home, feels like a home, but rents. So we see the boomers being very receptive to this. The millennials who want larger square footage, like I mentioned before, C-type renters. But it really fits a wide, broad spectrum of people who rent uh, in the market today. Yeah. 
And Doug, what about the zoning uh, in these markets around the country? It seems that if your land's uh, set up to be single family residential, are the zoning municipalities kind of uh, have their ears up like, all right, was this built to rent or built to sell? And, and do they care? Uh, the answer to both those is yes and yes. They do have their ears up and they they do. And again, one size doesn't fit all. Again, it's dependent upon the area and the um, the ordinances and the permitting and the type of policies and procedures uh, in different types of locations across the U.S. as to, uh, you know, are people receptive or if they're not. Yeah. And on the rents, Doug, that these uh, homes are renting for, how would you say it compares to uh, apartment rents in the same general areas? In the same general area, it's a little bit less because the, the cost metric is such that developers and owners are building these so that they get, uh, you know, a quality of tenant that stays longer in terms of turnover. Turnover for large apartments is significant in terms of cost. And what uh, these build rent type of uh, communities looking for is to maintain a much, uh, you know, longer duration of renter, initial renter that they rent to. So you see the cost to be a little bit less in terms of the, the cost point uh, that people are renting because of that to maintain a longer duration of renter. Yeah, so I guess the, the price per square foot to build it, uh, I guess it's a little less than apartments. Yeah, pencils out that way, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I, was, I, was, I was talking to some uh, build to rent developers and uh, they would talk to me about their price per square foot to build these homes. And I'm like, I didn't know you could build a home that cheap. It's pretty amazing. Well, Doug, what are the um, exit strategies for these developers? You know, do they plan to just sell these as investment properties, entire subdivisions, or might they want to sell these to individual homeowners as their exit? Right now, it's probably the former. Uh, we're waiting for the data to be able to uh, say what it is over the longer term. It's still too early in the game. Uh, but uh, both uh, scenarios can be entertained. But right now we're seeing uh, it trade hands as a, as a cohort in its entirety. Yeah, as a rental property. And I guess we're seeing the same thing on um, you know apartments being sold. Uh, there's one down the street from us sold for 274,000 uh, a unit. And you know if, you could, if it's that valuable as a rental property, it might not really be that valuable even as a condo, a standalone uh, unit, right? Absolutely. And don't forget about, too, uh, the adaptive reuse of buildings that uh, are no longer viable as to what their initial asset was that are being reconverted or repurposed uh, into residentials. Yeah. Well, Doug, what would you leave our audience with to uh, think about for the future of this built to rent uh, uh, sector? Well, I think it entertains a lot of uh, positive uh, for both the consumer as well as the developer, because uh, like you mentioned, the cost to do it uh, really is an enhancement for a developer to be able to get in and meet a price point uh, for consumers that are being challenged with inflation uh, and, uh, you know, salary and wage growth and things like that. So it really is the best of both worlds for both the consumer and the, the builder, developer, owner. Yeah, that sounds good. Doug, thanks for joining us, sir. We appreciate it. You bet. Thank you, Michael, as always. All right. Thank you for joining us. Hey, let us know what you think about this build to rent. You know, I used to uh, run a management company when I was really young and, and ended up owning the management company. And uh, the, you know, we managed apartments and we managed shopping centers. And we did have some clients that we managed their their home, single homes. And 
It always seemed to be a nightmare to me, but they weren't built to rent and they weren't in a subdivision, right? But, you know, when you had a turnover, you had the whole thing was vacant. You had a larger turnover cost. Uh, but this sector really uh, seems to make a lot of sense uh, where we are today. So let us know what you think. Thanks for uh, sharing the show and thanks for listening or watching the show and being with us. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing, site selection, and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data. Visit BuxtonCo.com. By Bull Realty. For proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is Michael at BullRealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success. Expert-level commercial real estate broker training. Cloud Access 1, up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.